Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to the show on the docket this hour. We're going to talk NBA playoffs and Pelicans to Jake Madison in just a second. And then we'll get into the question that I posed on our Facebook Live video and in my blog today. Would LSU fans support Scott Woodward, the new AD that has so much political capital and cachet right now, if he decides to fire Will Wade? I'm going to bring that up because I had those conversations with multiple people today, and the answer was surprising to me anyways. Also, new Superdome renovations on the way, big-time renovations on the way. We'll get into that and why it's certainly a good thing, not only for the Saints, but also for the city. But let's bring on in Jake Madison, host of the Locked on Pelicans podcast, of course, on Twitter, at Nola Jake. Jake, it's been a while, buddy. What's going on? Talking some basketball with you. Yeah. Look, me too. Um, let's get to oh, – I don't know where to start. I was going to start NBA playoffs, but I, I want to ask you first. Uh, David Griffin, are, have you been as impressed as I have with his first couple of weeks here? seems like he's doing exactly what he told us in that um, introductory press conference, which is I'm going to kind of completely rebuild this franchise in my image, and they gave me the power to do so, and it seems like both of those things were true. Yeah, he's been impressive since the moment he stepped up to the podium at that introductory press conference and kind of stated his vision for this franchise and what he wanted to do. Like you said, he's going out and executing that right now, and he has enough capital around the league that he can accomplish these type of things where someone someone else maybe wouldn't be able to do that. Getting Aaron Nelson, the head trainer for the Phoenix Suns, is a huge coup for David Griffin. That's maybe where they needed to send a message to the rest of the league. They've been thought of kind of as the also-rans when it comes to the medical department. Sharing staff with the Saints, you know, Misty Surrey, who's their head athletic trainer and doctor, was fired by the Saints with the issue with Delvin Bro. He stayed here with the Pelicans. It hasn't been a really good look. They've had a number of injuries, often leading the league in games missed due to injury every single year. That should at least change now going forward. And this, maybe more than any other move, is what's going to add victories to the Pelicans next season. So explain, if you can, why Aaron Nelson is such a big hire and and why you believe that maybe, and I don't want to put words in your mouth if you don't believe this, but why you might believe that he is going to make that difference with the training staff and with the reduction of injuries in the future. So for, for many years, and he's been their head athletic trainer for 19 years with the Phoenix Suns, they've just been known as the team and organization that's kind of been at the forefront of player recovery and just kind of on the cutting edge using different types of technology that maybe wasn't uh, all around the league and being the first team to kind of use all of that. And Aaron Nelson's been presiding over that for a number of times. If you look at some of the guys that he's gotten a lot of mileage out of, maybe when they were past their primes, a guy like Steve Nash, who won two MVPs there, uh, Shaquille O'Neal has said that that's the guy who kind of saved and resurrected his career at the time. 
that he takes these older aging guys, keeps them healthy, and they go on to have career years because they're just better uh, recovered. And I think that's a big thing. You know, the Pelicans this year started using some new technology, wearable technology, to kind of monitor Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday, among some other players, a little bit more. But when those bands and all the things they were wearing started giving off the big red warning signs, they kind of threw that all off to the side and said, well, we need you guys to play these minutes, so let's go and do it. Aaron Nelson's going to come in and make sure these guys are fresh. 82 games is a long, long season. You need guys healthy at the beginning, the middle, and end. And Aaron Nelson's the type of guy, at least based off his track record around the league, that's able to get that for you. And it seems like, yeah, revolutionary because of the, the 30 for 30 on ESPN and, and everybody in the league. I even saw players tweeting and posting on Instagram. They're, they're surprised about Aaron Nelson. It's it's pretty rare when you get a you know a head trainer that makes news like this. In fact, I can't remember the last time that, other than I guess you know the firing, like you said, of, of Missy Sturry and the Osher staff from the Saints, that, that it made news like this, Jake. No, you, you know trainers and medical staff and support staff for a team for one of two things. They're either really, really good or they're really, really bad. There's no in-between on this. So the fact that Aaron Nelson is, I don't want to say a household name, but if you're an NBA junkie, it's a name or, or the type of person that you're familiar with. And now he's coming to New Orleans, a team that hasn't been able to attract top talent on the court and not necessarily top talent in the front office either. Now he wants to come here and work with this team, work under David Griffin. That's a real great thing to see. I think you even see it in terms of the other front office move that didn't end up happening. And that's Clippers assistant GM Trent Redden not accepting a job offer here in New Orleans after spending a couple of days in interviewing and seeing if there would be a good fit. But all of a sudden, these are names that people know of that are thought of well uh, around the league that maybe have a chance at coming to New Orleans or accepting jobs here in New Orleans. That in and of itself is a huge shift. Who are some of those names, Jake? I mean, Trent Redden's the obvious name. Um, that that we've we've heard about. You've, you're going to hear some other ones. They reached out to Gerson Rosas, who they interviewed for their, uh, you know, the president of basketball operations position, and then asked if maybe he wanted to come in and be the GM and work under David Griffin. He's now running the shop over there in Minnesota, so this wouldn't really work out for him. But you, it, it's all the top names. They've talked to Trajan Langdon about it too, and they just need to kind of wait and see who's willing to maybe come here, take that GM role. That GM role, of course, is not the ultimate decision maker. They're not the person running the show that's going to be david griffin he's got the final word and the final say and everything follows his direction so it's not a traditional gm position which i think is maybe scaring some people off around the league yes you get the job title you probably get some more money but ultimately it's not you kind of running things how you want which is what a lot of these guys want rosas is one in particular he was the gm of the dallas mavericks a number of years ago and quit after three months because he didn't have the ultimate decision making power that he wanted so i think now the way they're looking at it is maybe just hiring a lot of young and up-and-coming guys, guys that are good scouts, guys that are big in analytics, and just filling the staff out, not necessarily with those top, top names around the league, but a lot of talent and trying to make up for that maybe in quantity compared to maybe the absolute top in terms of quality. Hmm. Young guy, loves analytics, loves basketball. Uh, Jake Madison, ever think about getting into an NBA front office? <laughs> I, I think there's far, far more qualified <laughs> people out there uh but you're telling maybe i'd sign you to a 10-day contract <laughs> there you go uh jake madison host of the locked on pelicans podcast with us here on the last lab at nola jake on twitter are you hearing anything about david griffin's talks with rich paul clutch sports and anthony davis and if that situation has changed at all 
when a couple you know a month ago that we all believed that it was a done deal that Anthony Davis is gone. Is it still that? You know, I'm inclined to believe that, yes, it's still going to be a done deal that he's gone, but there's no harm in trying, and David Griffin's doing what he should do, which is start to make changes and then get a meeting with Anthony Davis and say, look what I've done in the short period of time that I've been here. This is my plan going forward. Are you going to buy in? It seems like they're planning to meet at some point this month in person, maybe get Rich Paul, David Griffin, and Anthony Davis all in a room together. And I think David Griffin's being smart by being a little bit hands-off with Anthony Davis right now. As far as I'm aware, they haven't really had a deep conversation over the phone um, either. So make some of these changes, show that this is a different organization than it was just a month or two ago, and then try and sell him on that going forward. If this is a guy who wants to win as much as he says he does, and I do truly believe that, that he's someone who's hyper aware of his legacy, you know, you can repair the bridges here, and this might be his best chance to win. The Lakers still don't have a head coach. Their front office is in a bit of disarray. It doesn't look like that's going to get turned around necessarily this coming year, where it looks like New Orleans Pelicans might be. So if he truly wants to win, this is going to potentially be his best option. So now that David Griffin's making these big moves, and don't forget, Anthony Davis has a pretty long and storied injury history at this point, bringing in a new medical staff, saying they can rejuvenate you, keep you healthy, keep you out on the court more, that's going to help us win more. There could be an easy sell in there potentially, but but of course, I think it's a little too far gone. I think Anthony Davis has kind of burned those bridges. He doesn't strike me as the guy who wants to kind of turn around on what he said and come back into the fold. There were some other issues with the team that maybe are kind of being repaired by showing that they're truly committed to winning, but it has only been a month. It's not going to be that long track record that you think can necessarily be kept up the entire time if you're him. And I think that's ultimately going to keep him away from New Orleans and not let us see a reconciliation. Well, maybe if we just lay a a Pelicans jersey out for him because he doesn't choose his own clothes, he'll just put that on and and stay here. Is is it as easy as that, Jake? Uh, you know, that could work when whatever <laughs> next team he's on comes to New Orleans and you just confuse him a little bit. So you put out his old 23 Pelicans jersey, the red one in particular. He puts it on, and that means he's got to play for the team at least in that game, right? Those are the rules. That's, That's the works. rules, then, yeah. He doesn't he doesn't choose his own clothes. He's told us that. It's not his fault. Uh, I am curious, with Jason Tatum, um, dreadful playoff run that he's having, and really late in the season as well, and, of course, the Celtics were – the the team that's linked most with a possible Anthony Davis trade this summer does that hurt that possibility of a Pelicans Celtics trade with Jason Tatum involved or maybe does it help it Jake you know I I think it keep you could go either way on this you know don't forget he had a very good first round series against the Indiana Pacers it's been the series with Milwaukee that is now 1-1 so two games that he struggled The, the beginning part of the playoffs he was very good for the team outpacing his playoff numbers from a season ago. So I think that's a good thing to see. You know, I see why some people aren't very high on Jason Tatum. You know, he he doesn't take over games like you'd want him to. Um, Even when Kyrie's not out there on the court, the jumper's not as consistent as it could be. And I understand why some people maybe like Jalen Brown, his teammate, a little bit more. So I think it comes down to just you get to pick if it's a a trade with the Celtics that you're considering or that you want to do. You pick either one of those guys, and they're the centerpiece of the trade. And I understand the pros and cons of both, to be honest. So, you know, I think him playing poorly doesn't necessarily help a trade happen. I don't think it hurts a trade happen. 
happy because if you're basing this trade and what you want to give back and forth on all of this on just two games so far, though it's being a little too short-sighted, a little too knee-jerky for me, and that would make me concerned about David Griffin. And right now we don't really have many concerns about him, so I don't think that's the approach that he's going to take. Okay, there you go. And I'm the anti-knee-jerk guy, so I'm going to I'm going to get off of that. Uh, maybe I was knee-jerk after game one of the Raptors-Sixers series where I thought, oh, boy, uh, the Sixers team, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to handle the Raptors. I always thought it would go six or seven. I was telling uh, Carter Bryant that earlier, but I thought – Toronto would win that series in six or seven, but with the way the Sixers are playing tonight, it's 102-84 right now, halfway through the fourth quarter. The Sixers are are not only running away in this game, but heck, Jake, maybe they run away with a series. You know, this this is a weird one because the the Toronto Raptors are so predictable in the playoffs with with, with what's going to happen. They, they they basically just kind of lay an egg routinely, and you're seeing it from Kyle Lowry, and he did it in the first round in Game One against the Orlando Magic, where I don't think he scored a point from the field. And now you're seeing it in this game right now. This is a dude who's playing almost 37 minutes in this game, and he has seven points. He's two of nine from the field as I'm speaking right now, 22.2%. That's not going to get it done. This is a guy who shows up so well during the regular season and in the playoffs for his entire career just doesn't really make a big appearance and play at the level that you need him to play to win. He's a key cog to that team. And if he's going to play like this and it's just become a thing season after season, they're not going to go anywhere. And we thought maybe, you know, after winning game one in this series in the second round against the Philadelphia 76ers, maybe they kind of put that all in the past. He had a very good game in that one, but Nope, this is what you're seeing. It's just unfortunately what the what the Toronto Raptors do. Yeah, right. It's a, uh, every single year. It seems like uh, is that Rockets Warriors series over, man? Yeah, I mean it feels like it. Game one with with the refs and the role that that played and the complaining after, and it, it just seems like they're so out of their game, out of their element right now. Um, and not doing what makes them successful, which is getting to the free throw line and kind of getting those cheap, ticky-tacky fouls that they've relied on all season. You know, I think the refs have a good chunk of that, but I think you're seeing these guys kind of lose their composure, lose their cool, and instead of adjusting, just kind of decide to complain a little bit more and double down what they're doing. That's not going to work. Obviously, they're down 0-2 because of that. If they don't make some significant adjustments – they're done. It also doesn't help that Draymond Green looks healthy right now. He's playing some of the best basketball of his career, and is just an absolute monster on the defensive side of the ball again, which we really haven't seen from him these past two seasons. He can disrupt that pick and roll with James Harden and Clint Capella. He can defend out on the perimeter. It's a bit of a game changer for the Golden State Warriors. Not that they needed another one, but that basically means maybe it's Golden State in five instead of this game going to six or seven. Jake Madison, Locked on Pelicans podcast. You can find that every day, every week. And, of course, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Uh, buddy, I guess we'll see you maybe for one of these X-Wing regionals soon. Uh, Brian in Mid-City was, was texting me, said, uh, talk a little crap to you, apparently. He wanted me to. But I, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's for another time. There you go. All right, dude. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, Seth. All right, we'll take a break. Coming back with more, it's the last lap on WWL. If you missed my show open, I discussed the sobering, shocking news that The Advocate is purchasing uh, NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune. I'll be tweeting that out, but you can also find it in the on-demand section of WWL.com and the Radio.com app. Reminder, LSU baseball here on the station tomorrow in our time slot 
and uh, pretty much the rest of the Fridays uh, through baseball season is going to be LSU baseball, and hopefully that lasts for a while. If LSU can turn it around and turn it on like they did late in the season a couple of years ago. But tomorrow, first pitch, 7, pregame, 6.30. That means a couple hours of sports talk, two and a half hours, and then that. And on Saturday, first pitch, 6.30, pregame, 6. And Sunday, first pitch, 2.30, pregame at 2 o'clock. Also, I'll be on the air on Sunday for It's Just Sports. We're talking about um, the NBA playoffs of course, LSU football recruiting, and I'm probably going to discuss this more. I know a caller early in the show said, hey, you're going to open it up and talk about this um, merger or buyout of the Advocate and Times Speaking more. I didn't want to get into you know any of, the, any of the politics or anything like that of it, but we will probably be talking about this on Sunday um, a little bit more. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll tonight, what player has to make the biggest jump this season? for the Saints and we've got a list of players there and we're asking you to vote at www.com on the radio.com app let's go to the text line uh, at uh, 985 and we're going to get into this just a little bit we did it on my Facebook live chat at the top of the hour I would give Scott Woodward the benefit of the doubt at least until I saw who he was replacing Wade with and that is going to go to our question of um, would you support Scott Woodward if he does decide to part ways with Will Wade. We had the news yesterday, and we haven't we didn't discuss it yesterday. talked about it a little bit earlier today, but the Saints and the city announced plans that, and a lot of these are preliminary plans, but a big-time renovation of the Superdome, where it's $400 million-plus. The really cool part about this renovation, in my mind, proposed renovation, is that this is all going towards fan experience. I heard Zach Streve talk about this, and even before I heard him, I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm glad to see Zach and I are on the same page here. It's not a bunch of money pouring in to add more luxury boxes or increase their corporate sponsorship and really more dollars into the Saints' pockets and, and not enough fan experience. No, this is going to fan experience. They're adding more seats in the lower part, in the plaza level of the Superdome. They're adding standing room only, like you see in a lot of these other stadiums across the league. Um, they're redoing the concourses. I mean, this is great. And if we want to continue to host the biggest sporting events in the country, whether that's the Super Bowl, the Final Four, the college football playoff, WrestleMania, Throw that one to Logan. He's nodding his head behind the glass there. But if we still want to host these, now we're competing against here. We're competing against Jerry's World. We're competing against Lucas Oil Stadium. We're competing against the new stadium out there in Houston and others. Well, these renovations needed to happen. We're not just simply going to keep getting these events just because we're in New Orleans and just because we throw a great party. Um, it's you know part of the game we play. It's an arms race across the country and. Well, the Saints have announced they're going to be diving into that arms race. 504-260-1870, that's the phone number. Open lines, rest of the hour, 504-260-1870. Our text line is 870-870. Coming up next, we'll get into whether you believe and you would support Scott Woodward if he does decide he needs to part ways with Will Wade. That's next here on The Last Lap. Welcome back to the show. Most of the responses on the text line and on Twitter at WWLAMFM, and I'm at Seth Dunlap, is surrounding... NOLA.com of the Times Picayune being purchased by The Advocate. Again, you can find my opening online. I just tweeted it out um, if you missed it earlier tonight. But uh, you know, today I woke up. I used to do about you know, 10, 11 o'clock in the morning because 
of this show, and I'm, I'm working until about midnight, a little after, so my, my sleep cycle the last couple of years is a little out of whack. But I woke up, I did Carter Bryant's radio show, and I told you earlier that we got into a conversation about Scott Woodward and about Will Wade. And I went out to lunch and um, went out to lunch with a couple of LSU fans and alumni, and later in the day, was hanging out before work with more LSU fans and alumni, and then I did television tonight over at uh, Eric Asher's show at WLA-TV, and Andrew Doak was there as well. And the same conversation kept coming up, coming up in all of these interactions I had today, almost all of them with LSU fans. And, of course, we ended up talking about LSU recruiting, and the conversation would shift to Will Wade and the cloud that surrounds the basketball program. And when the topic turned to LSU, of course, the subject would quickly shift to the Will Wade saga and the cloud that looms around that basketball program. Now, again, most of these people that I talk to are dyed-in-purple LSU fans. Most of them were alumni, not all of them. Most of them were alumni. And like always, I really enjoy vigorous debate. I just do, regardless of whether people – and well, you can't have a debate if you're on the same side, usually. So I love debate with people who view things differently than I do and certainly view this Will Wade – situation differently than I do I learn a lot of things hopefully they're educated a little bit too at least with my opinions and it's no surprise that I'm in the minority status of this situation and my stance on Wade and the corruption currently plaguing college basketball there is something that surprised the heck out of me however in all these discussions I asked these people whether they would trust new athletic director Scott Woodward to make the final decision on Wade and if they would back Woodward if he decides it's in the best interest of the program and the university to move on from Wade and fire Will Wade. I either asked that or asked them, hey, what do you believe LSU fans would think? The unanimous response to me in my personal interactions today, and I mean that, unanimous. I know it's unscientific, but it was a resounding yes. They trust Woodward, which surprised me because most of these people I was talking to are part of that hashtag free Will Wade crowd, have planted their flag and really boots firmly in the spot where Will Wade is supporting him and believing that any criticism of him or people that don't believe he should have a job are wrong. Every person said that if Woodward decided LSU needed to part ways with Wade, if Woodward thought that, they'd support him, even if they'd support him maybe a little begrudgingly. It was an eye-opener for me. But maybe it shouldn't have been, because here's the thing. Scott Woodward has so much political capital right now with LSU fans, the boosters, TAF, the, the executive board, Everybody associated with LSU. There's so much cachet there that if there was one person, if there was one person that could execute that severance without a, a straight-up revolt from the fan base and alumni, like we saw when Joe Oliva suspended him, it's Scott Woodward. I don't know if it is even going to be a surprise if that ends up happening. That Will Wade's name keeps popping up in this new federal trial. And, of course, they just changed Will Wade's contract to state they can fire him for cause 
if the NCAA is alerting him of level one or level two infractions, which means basically if the NCAA tells them, hey, we're seeing some wrongdoing here from Will Wade. I, I'm going to open up the phone lines now because I want to know from you. I, you can disagree with me. You can agree with me. I, I'm not talking about whether you believe Will Wade should have a job or Will Wade should be fired. What I'm asking you is if Scott Woodward tomorrow or next week or next month or three, four, five months down the line, if Scott Woodward decides to fire Will Wade because he thinks it's in the best interest of LSU and the basketball program, would you defer to his judgment, trust him, and support him? Love to hear from you, LSU fans. 504-260-1870. That's 504-260-1870. Our text line is 870-870. Here's a text from the 985. They jumped the gun when they put him on leave. Now he's coach again, and we lost out on an Elite Eight. Well, you're assuming that with Will Wade, they would have beat Michigan State, which I think is a foolish assumption. But that wasn't my question. My question was... Would you support Scott Woodward if he decides to fire him? And I'm, to be frank, I'm mainly interested in people who have disagreed with my stance on Will Wade, who believe that Will Wade should have a job, that anybody who doesn't believe Will Wade should have a job is off their rocker, which a lot of you have <laughs> admittedly thought I am. Well, give me a call. You can text me at 870-870. Just gave you the phone numbers there. We'll come back with some of your calls, plus updates on the NBA and NHL playoffs as the last lap continues on WWL. Here's a text from the 985. Seth, I'm with you on the morality of the Will Wade situation. That being said, I think he needs a second chance. He put LSU basketball on the map again. I feel like regardless of if he's fired or not, we'll still be vacated of wins. I mean, I'm not saying that Coach K knew about it, but there's – Yahoo reports about Nike and improper benefits to his parents. I think they're talking about Zion in that text. Those transcripts are just as damning, but they aren't coming down on Duke. No, I agree, but here's the difference. Coach K or his assistant coaches aren't on those wiretaps, those videotapes, or those transcripts. If it was all hearsay with Will Wade, if it was just Christian Dawkins saying this or just a couple of people who have been convicted, then this would be a different story. Remember, Will Wade's on those wiretaps. Some of them that were played in federal court in October. But that doesn't really get to my question here. I'm not trying to debate that, that I've had that conversation for two months now on this program and debates with all of you. I'm just I'm mainly asking if Scott Woodward decides. And and I just got to wonder if it's coming. Scott Woodward is a politically savvy man, an athletic director who, remember, he got his start after college working in politics in the Louisiana state legislature. He's known as one of the most, well, now, I was going to say one of the most loved, beloved athletic directors everywhere he's went. And remember, I went to Washington State University, so I would not say that about a former University of Washington <laughs> athletic director if I didn't really mean it. But the people up there in Seattle loved him. When he went to Texas A&M, the people in College Station loved him. And, of course, we all know how much he's beloved in Baton Rouge, and that's why he got that job. I got to think people would support him, and, and that could be coming. And he knows that. He can read the political tea leaves. He knows how much support and how much capital he has with the fan base. And he's smart enough from a you know administrative perspective to understand how much this is damaging the reputation and really the logistics of that basketball program. 
I mean, who knows? Will Wade could come back and he could sign a couple of these four or five-star guys and maybe he turns this recruiting class into a respectable one. Certainly could happen. And maybe some of the guys who declared for the NBA draft, certainly some of them will come back, regardless of if Will Wade is there or not, I would believe. I mean, it was a stunner that Javante Smart added his name to that list and maybe more stunning than that. Maybe Javante Smart a little less stunning because he was connected to the scandal, but Emmett Williams who certainly isn't ready to play in the NBA. Some of these guys are probably going to come back regardless. But the recruiting class is just not good right now. And if everybody stays declared and you only have, oh, I don't know, let's say you just have Smart and Emmett Williams come back and then basically a non-existent recruiting class, that's not going to be a good basketball product regardless of who's your coach. The longer this drags out, the more it hurts you if you're LSU. Text from the 601 in an amazing act of coincidence, theadvocate.com is now available only by subscription. Here's the thing with that, and I'm getting these texts today, and I debated on sounding off on that or not. You must expect to give some kind of compensation for the great journalism that you're reading. I mean, you just do. I mean, anybody who grew up when I did and you bought the physical paper for 25 cents or, you know, 75 cents on a Sunday or whatever it was, you're not paying a lot. You're paying something to read. It's not all going to be ad supported. The medium that I'm in is completely different than the print medium. Not only from, you know, an, an ad perspective, but let's be honest here from a content perspective. They're able to be much more comprehensive and thorough in print media, and especially local journalism, than we are here on the radio. It's it's just different. I mean, I don't hear anybody complaining about you know paying the subscription fee for the athletic, which you shouldn't complain about that because you have great local sports writers there, Larry Holder and Will Guillory. I love that. You're still able to get some free articles, by the way, over at The Advocate every month. I mean, I don't really have a problem with that. I mean, if you expect to sustain a healthy, vibrant local journalism scene, you know, be willing to pony up, I don't know, five bucks a month if you want that. If you don't and you just want to read, you know, Joe Blow's blog online or whoever it is, nah, that's fine. I mean, look. I think we do incredibly great work here at WWL. I think I I love writing, I, I, but I, I'm not writing at the same level because that's not my job to write at the same level of, oh, you know, Jeff Duncan or Andrew Lopez or Luke Johnson or Amy Just or Josh Katzenstein, right? I mean, you're just we're, we're not. So, anyways, I, I just don't like those. T- I'm just I'm being honest. I'm not trying to pick on you, six hundred one, but. It's not something that I personally would have a problem with. If you do, I guess, you know, that's your prerogative. San Jose and the Colorado Avalanche in action. First period in the Stanley Cup playoffs. No score in that game. Uh, earlier tonight, Boston defeated the Blue Jackets 4-1. to one. So that series now tied 2-2. And it is a final. The 76ers walloped the Raptors again. 116-95. to Joel Embiid went off. 33 points, 10 rebounds, 12 of 13 from the free throw line, and they also went 3 of 4 from three-point range. I don't know if Toronto's going to be able to come back in that series. I know Jake Madison was saying the same thing just a minute ago. I was reading the Wall Street Journal today, and if you're wondering why, oh, wait a second, why are you talking about the Wall Street Journal? You no, know, and speaking of print media, 
Wall Street Journal sports section, regardless of what you think about the, the other sections, uh, good or bad in that paper or your political links, the Wall Street Journal sports section, it should be on your daily reading list. They had a column today talking about the college basketball corruption trial. They laid out all of the different ways that coaches, programs, and shoe executives were bribing some of these college basketball players. And by uh, what I mean by the ways that they're doing that, I, I mean that in a very literal sense. And some bad ideas, such as having $11,000 mailed in a shoebox that was intercepted. I don't want to spoil that entire article, but I would suggest if you can, you could find it at the Wall Street Journal. It's just the headline is How Not to Bribe Coaches. You got a picture of Christian Dawkins if you're wondering what he looks like because you've heard of his name so much. And then Zion's there also, and Robert Williams. Texas A&M, who's been linked to this. It's an incredible story. It really is. Getting back to the, the Superdome uh, renovation, I had a tweet at me. Hey, Seth, I cannot imagine the Superdome going away. It would not be New Orleans without the Superdome. I agree. I was, I was talking about that tonight um, you know, with Andrew Doak and Eric Asher. I was, they asked, hey, would you like to see the city of New Orleans um, you know, blow up the Superdome, uh, figuratively blow up the Superdome and uh, build a new premier stadium here. And I was like, no, and no, no, I wouldn't. Absolutely not. Not having the Superdome here in New Orleans would be like not having Fenway in Boston or Wrigley in Chicago. And on the spot, when I was thinking about it, Yankee Stadium up in New York, and this is true, you can read some of this. Old Yankee Stadium was so not only beloved by Yankees fans and New Yorkers up there, but also it generated so much tourism revenue, people across the country that wanted to go to New York and catch a Yankees game just to be in Old Yankee Stadium. When that went away, and yes, I understand they kept some aspects of Old Yankee Stadium and New Yankee Stadiums, but it's not the same. It's not the same. And in fact, it's not generating the same amount of, of tourism and revenue from that, or merchandising, and, and frankly, attendance from local fans up there. It's just not the same. C could you imagine New Orleans without the Superdome? I mean, I couldn't. There's no way. There's no way. It's, frankly, as much of New Orleans' uh, history and culture now, and at least in my mind, as the French Quarter is. I, mean, I love the French Quarter, but I love the Superdome just as much. Not having that on the skyline just be odd to say the least text from the 985 i would give scott woodward the benefit of the doubt at least until i saw who he was replacing wade with yeah well that i don't know does that matter i mean if you if you trust scott woodward which it seems like almost every lsu fan does now and think that he is going to be able to steer this athletic department in the right direction. And I know it's hypothetical, but that's what we do sometimes. I'm, I'm just curious, you know, if if he decides that he needs to fire Will Wade for whatever reason, would you support him? Most people tell me yes. Text from the 985, we love NOLA.com. Yeah, a lot of people do. It's not going to be quite the same. 504-260-1870, that's the phone number. Our text line is 870-870. We'll take a break. Back with more here on The Last Lap.
All right, we got comments pouring in on Twitter and also on our WWLAMFM Facebook page to our live chat asking the question, would you trust Scott Woodward if he fires Will Wade? Would you support him? Hypothetical, yes, but I'm, I'm curious about where your allegiances would lie. And mainly I'm asking this to people who, admittedly, I'm asking this to people who believe that Will Wade should not be fired, who are you know in that hashtag free Will Wade camp, who have the opposite view on that as me. From our Facebook page, Actually, this is from Twitter. My apologies. At Dorian M. Starkey initially said, I don't think he gets fired. And I said that wasn't the question. And then they tweet back, yes, I would, I suppose. Lester, at Lester Bear tweets, yes, I would. While I hope that Wade is able to stay and coach at LSU, if Scott Woodward does decide to release him, or relieve him of his duties, then Wade can only blame himself. He put himself in this situation. GM at GLVL underscore seven. Absolutely. Sieve at Sieve 88 Ice in Woodward We Trust. That's a yes. At Brad Schneller, Bradley Schneller tweets, absolutely. So pretty much unanimous there on the on Twitter. From our Facebook page, Kendall Bozier says, not until Coach K, Roy Williams, and Sean Miller get fired too. Mentioning that, where the, the Coach K hasn't been linked to any of this. Roy Williams, I understand that because he's been through a scandal before that an academic scandal. They just kind of swept under the rug there. I'm somebody who has been very critical of that and the handling, not only from North Carolina, but also from the NCAA on that. David Penn writes on our Facebook page, it's his athletic department, so yes. David would support Scott Woodward. Brian Dillette. Wrights pretty much has to at this point. Won't be able to recruit, and since his whole team declared for the draft, they'll be horrible, and he'll get fired anyways. I don't think they'd be horrible. Maybe, though, with that recruiting class. I guess maybe that's a good point. It goes to mind. From Matt Lockwood, he's got to come clean at least to the AD. Only then can the best decision be made. From Sean Green, I'd like to know specifics on the situation. Well, I mean, we know a lot of the specifics. Sheila McCullough Fletcher says, nope, would not support Scott Woodward with a thumbs down emoji. There you go. Text from the 985, LSU Athletics Integrity is the utmost important stance to maintain for any AD. If Woodward needs to fire Will Wade to do this, then so be it. Here's a text from the 504. Didn't they just have a multi-million dollar renovation several years ago? That about the Superdome. Yes, they did. But like I said, this is an arms race, just like it is in college sports. The same reason that LSU keeps upgrading their facilities, Tiger Stadium, multi-million dollar renovations or new buildings. They want to keep pace or lead the pack when it comes to SEC and in college athletics. Same thing for the for not only the Saints, but the city. Like I said, if you want to continue to have these premier events here, I mean, it's just an unfortunate reality, but it's true. What is it, like $230 million is supposed to come from taxpayers here? It concerns me a little bit, but that's a complete topic for another day. And you would have economists that would say, it would be on both sides of that, and say, well, you're going to make back the tax revenue. Others would say, well, the team should be footing it. Maybe we'll do a show on that. I know it's very passionate voices on both sides of that issue. I am more neutral in that than I usually am <laughs> what you're used to on uh, most of the, the topics that we talk about. Here is a 
text from the 985. Yes, I would support Scott Woodward. All right. Well, there you go. Tomorrow on Sports Talk with Bobby and Christian, Friday edition. Do you get excited over the Kentucky Derby? It's on par with other big sporting events like the Super Bowl and the Masters, is it? And then, of course, LSU baseball against Ole Miss, pregame 6.30, first pitch 7 o'clock. But what a bombshell yesterday it was when we had Omaha Beach, the favorite in the Kentucky Derby, scratched due to a medical condition. It was stunning, to say the least. I mean, you just haven't really had this at the Kentucky Derby before. Now, if you heard the name Bob Baffert, he's the sensational trainer that uh, his horse – Last year, won the Triple Crown. I think he's tied, was it six Kentucky Derby wins for Baffert-trained horses. That ties him for the most in history. He has the three, he has the three favorites now. Pretty good chance he's going to win number seven and set that record. Any score on that Sharks game yet? No, no score on that Sharks game yet. Uh, end of the first period, so they'll go to the second period. No score between the, the Avs and the Sharks. Are you paying attention to the, the Stanley Cup playoffs? I know, like no NHL team here. It's near the bottom, if not at the bottom, of our, you know, sports consciousness this time of year, just because of that. But boy, it's it's a great product this time of year. There's few sports that do playoffs better than the NHL. We're not doing it tonight, but tomorrow, from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m., you can win twelve thousand dollars in our national twelve k a day giveaway. You can listen between those hours to get a chance to win a grand in our Intercom National Cash Contest. Listen to the code word right before the top of the hour news, and then you text it, not to our main text line, but to this one, 72881. That's 72881. Don't miss your chance to win $12,000 a day in the 12 k a day giveaway. That's tomorrow on WWL.com. Also, I wanted to mention this. Uh, I'm trying to mention this on my show. If you have an Amazon Echo, that's Alexa, it's really easy for you to play us. All you got to say is, Alexa, play WWL, and then Alexa's going to automatically find our station on TuneIn. If you have Google Home, all you got to say is, okay, Google, play WWL. Actually, I had a couple of people mention it this week that they found out they could do that, and they were they were stunned. I think one person said they were in the shower, and they said, hey, I want to play WWL, and Alexa heard of them and turned on the station. <laughs> so there you go. It's pretty easy. Two hours down, one more to go. We got two minute drill trivia next hour plus Scott Alexander, host of Primetime Sports, and Hunt Palmer to talk LSU baseball. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.